Ho, ho, ho. I told you to stop calling me that. So, yeah, L, you're gonna get me fired on my day off. Christmas to you. You know what? If you are listening to this show on actual Christmas, first of all, why? Second of all, thank you. I mean, we appreciate that. Every Christmas looks different. Shout out to our Jewish brothers and sisters. They're not on Christmas at all. Hanukkah yeah. already ended. They're doing their own thing. Maybe they got time to listen to the podcast. We appreciate you all are welcome here on the L. Duncan Show with Gary Streisky. That's Here's right. Here's the thing. We love that you're here, especially because like we didn't want to be here. So what we decided to do on this Christmas was just remind you of just the journey that the L. Duncan show has been on Mm -hmm. over the last few months since we started this thing back in what, August? That's right. And Gary, we believe in just coming in and just ramming it hard. Some people like to ease into things, right? Some people like to, you know, Grease the pan before they bake it. We just like to force that thing in. And that's exactly what we did. When just a couple episodes in, we created a song that swept the nation. And by nation, I mean the offices at ESPN. And it was all about our guy who at the time was streaking towards an incredible season, B. John Robinson of the Falcons, who just a couple of games in his career, Gary, got laced with this. Here's what I know. Come on. Being that I'm born and raised in Atlanta. Yep, yep. Broncos fan. Yeah, but also from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That every team in Atlanta that is good. Yes. Or hopeful. Mm -hmm. Is met with an enthusiasm. Yep. That elicits a dance. Dirty Bird. The Dirty Bird. I remember that. Or a song. Mm -hmm. And so, Atlanta, here's your song. And now, hold on, hold on. Before you play this, okay. I think the listening audience and the viewing audience needs to know, this is like the worldwide premiere of this song. We both laid down our tracks yeah. without hearing each other's or even the beat. Like any good song. And it was just pieced together. It was just sort, yes. of, it was just sort of pieced together like yeah. Optimus Prime. It just yeah. came about. Yeah, we're laughing in the face of all music producers. Yes editors, yes. sound operators. Yeah, yes, We're yes. like, no, we can make a smash hit yes. with a microphone and, and some, some can-do s- attitude. Studio time. That too. Are we ready? Nope. Play it anyway. Hey, check this out, Shouter. All you teens got them cheesecake factory playbooks out there? Got more packages than Amazon? Dirty Birds can't relate. We only got one name to call. Let's go. Bees on left, bees on right, bees on up the middle, Bijan down the side, Bijan on the screen, Bijan in the flat. Hell, Bijan in the wildcat, can't forget that. Bijan left, Bijan right, Bijan up the middle, Bijan down the side, Bijan on the screen, Bijan in the flat. Hell, Bijan in the wildcat, can't forget that. He's a thief on the field, that's why he's robbing, son. Scat back, Hellcat, he's a hell of a tailback. Mo par, mo yards, the pain is just begun. As soon as he touched the rock, the D is Warwick done. A true witch on the field, Brother Sanderson. A combo of Jamal and Pam Anderson. Wait a minute, hold up, those are different styles. What I'm really trying to say is that he's Booby Miles. B's on left, B's on right. B's on up the middle, B's on down the side. B's on on the screen. 
Bijan in the back. Hell, Bijan in the wildcat. Can't forget that. If you wanna get a win and you rap a dirty bird, let me tell you what the key. Number seven, he absurd. If you haven't in the doubt, when you calling in that play, let me put you on some game. I'ma teach you what to say. It goes Bijan left, Bijan right. Bijan captain looks, cause Bijan looking flat. Bijan on the scene, main mugging men. Got them other cities asking for that Bijan lingo, Bijan. Not to be confused with Dijon But I swear he got that mustard And you DBs need to catch up Catch up L Dozens of people have been begging Have been clamoring Have been asking When's part two gonna drop? I know I did float doing some sort of like I'm locked up. He won't let me out with all of the Falcons receivers. Um, but, you know, that's for another time. So, Yo, Akon is the voice of a generation, man. He really is. He is. Uh, he's amazing. He goes to Africa. That dude does like 250,000 plus at his concerts. It's kind of insane. Speaking of concerts, Gary, oh we do story time on this show. And we've yep. had some great stories where we talk about ourselves. We learn more about Iraqi dinar than we ever wanted to. Yep. We've talked about me getting into a fight for the first time. There's just a ton, but there is one story that stands out in particular that had me keeled over crying and drooling because you not only embarrassed yourself, something that happens frequently, but you Quite embarrassed yourself in front of who, Gary? The greatest living DJ that ever was, Tiesto. Let's take a walk down memory lane of that That's time not. that Gary confused the Godfather with your grandfather. Okay, let's do our story time. We're on our way out of the podcast and um, from Ojai, California and Gary's living room. He is wearing his Tiesto hat. He was in Formula One. We told you that last week on the show. He went down to Austin. By the way, yes. totally curbed. All of my opportunity to come and have a drink or dinner with me. I texted him multiple times. He ignored the shit out of me and curved me. That's totally fine. Um, did. You did have work to do. So what happens? Because you're too busy hanging out with Tiesto. So walk me through. Well, okay. So here's Tiesto, close personal friend now. And turns out his wife is from Colorado. So we had that as like a mutual jumping off point when I met them backstage. Big Broncos fan. And I'm like, oh, you're here on a Sunday, huh? Because the Broncos aren't worth watching. He loved it. They were laughing. So it was me, Tiesto, Tiesto's wife sister-in-law and father-in-law all back um, in the trailer before he took the stage at 4.30 at Circuit of the Americas to put a bow on uh, this F1 weekend in Austin. And he was playing on behalf of ESPN. So of course, the fantastic people um, in ESPN marketing asked me to introduce him. Like, hey, what's up? I'm Gary Streisky, uh, Sports Center. Thanks for being out here. Hey, this next guest, blah, blah. It's my honor. It's my privilege. And of course, everybody's familiar with Tiesto's music. He has quite literally been voted many times the greatest DJ of all time. His nickname, and this is important, his nickname is the Godfather of EDM. The Godfather of EDM. So I'm hanging out in his trailer backstage and we are just hitting it off to the point he's like, let's do shots. This is 30 minutes and as you know, L, I get the Asian flush, one drink, oh, yeah. and I'm toast. Gary can't drink, but you guys. These he Europeans, can't drink, guys. These, he can't drink. These, but what I'm going to say, no not. to Tiesto pouring me shots in 1942. And let me tell you, he's got a heavy hand. He pours a heavy pour. L, we went through, and I've never bought it, but he bought 
it's a big bottle of 1942 and it was just the five of us and he was pouring doubles and we took the first shot and it was great so smooth i never had 1942 mm -hmm. it was delicious would recommend and he was like cool 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 you ready for another one and i was like what am i gonna say no to tiesto tiesto's trying to get banged up you know in the trailer so i said okay yeah sure let's do another one but don't be surprised if i get up there and i say hey tiesto's making me take shots here in the back we're having a great time and he's like oh no it'll be great pours us another one thick pours two shots but really as an accumulation probably like four actual shots so it's my time to get out there Fifteen thousand people are in this amphitheater and that's not an exaggeration you can take a look on my instagram and they see me coming out with these hats they know they're about to get freebies they start going crazy so i have the mic and i've been i'm drunk off power but i'm also just actually drunk and i'm like austin i can't hear you. you know doing the hype up thing and they start going crazy and i'm like tiesto had one request the godfather of edm had one request we're in austin put those horns up they go crazy boom i'm like this man needs no introduction he's the greatest dj of all time <sighs> and then l i have a brain fart i completely blink the 1942 is taking me back to 1942 when i wasn't alive i'm like The grandfather of EDM, Tiesto! The grandfather of EDM! I called him the grandfather instead of the godfather of EDM! Stop it! No, Elle, you're not helping! Elle, no! You're not helping! Elle, you're not helping! You're not helping me! and drooling. You called him the grandfather. You're not helping. I called him the grandfather of EDM. That's not funny. <laughs> oh my whoa, God, whoa, whoa. you called him a grandfather? Stop it. Gary, stop this it. is so way, much worse than father. you ever alluded to. You went on a stage and called no, Tiesto the grandfather of EDM. <laughs> and you're still stop showing it, no. your face today? No, L. Okay, we can't air this podcast. Don't do it. L. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. I didn't realize it at the time. The 1942 was coursing through the veins. And I'm like, Tiesto, they're ready for you. They go crazy again. And here he comes, passing me. And he goes, boom, we knuckle. And then I looked at his wife and his sister-in-law, her sister, and I was like, huh? And they're like, <laughs> and I was like, no. And then once he started playing, I came to the realization, I think I just called him the yeah. grandfather of yeah. EDM. And mm -hmm. I was out of there. But he posted me on his Instagram story today, so I think all is forgiven. But Tiesto, if you're listening, if you're watching, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm a massive fan of you, but I'm blaming you because it was the 1942. I know you are the godfather of EDM, but it was the it was Don Julio speaking. You literally called Tiesto, who is, how old is Tiesto? Okay. 53. So old enough to actually be a grandfather, but in an industry where you don't want to lean into your age. Like I imagine Tiesto does not lean into the fact that he's in his 50s. You want to appear young and youthful. And in front of everybody, yeah. you outed him as a grandpapa, as someone's poppy. 
as someone's gramps, you yeah, I think I did literally that. gave him his new title and role. I actually think you're just a forward thinker, you know? You can only be the godfather for so long. We've seen the movies. Those people get killed. But you know who is always protected and always loved? The grandfather. That's the way to... Thank you, Elle. You brought this one back. Yo, when I tell you the amount of people that came up to me after this aired and were like, how embarrassing and endearing and incredibly Gary Streisky of him to do. The God, oh. the grandfather. And again, this all goes back to Tiesto forcing me to share a bottle of Don Julio 1942 with him just mere minutes yeah. before I was on company time and company mm -hmm. dime introducing him to 6,000 rowdies at Circuit of the Americas after the F1 race. Yeah. Did he forgive me afterwards? Of course he did. It's Tiesto. He's great. Mm -hmm. Was I too embarrassed to go say hi to him in Las Vegas when I saw him again at the Las Vegas Grand Prix? Of course. So I'm just going to hold this anxiety in me until the next time I can see him face to face. You, and you just got, you can't run from it. You just got to confront it head on. Like, ha like oh, literally yeah. like hand the dude some like Geritol or, you know, a cough drop and just be like, Hey grandpa, you know, like you just got to like yep. lean all the way in. Since oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause confirmed he got the clip confirmed. He knows and confirmed he laughed it off. That's my okay. guy. That's my guy. Okay, there you That's go. Tiesto, Tiesto for life. You know who else is your guy? Your guy who? is Tom Brady. That's and right. And the, the demise of Bill Belichick and the Patriots oh this year has been a source of conversation, not just across all national media, but in particular here at the L. Duncan Show, where me and you debated a debate that has never, ever, ever happened before. Was it Bill or was it Brady. And I'm particularly proud of this segment, Gary, because I did my research and I brought in NASCAR. Enjoy. Oh. Is it Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Ah, uh, there it is. Sometimes you just got to play the hits. Sometimes you just got to play the hits. It's like no new music's coming, so let's just play the hits because the crowd will like it. But wait, there's more because after that conversation, MJ or LeBron... <laughs> Who's the goat? Could no, Serena Williams <laughs> beat Roger Federer? It's like, good God, we go to the back to the same bag. But this, of course, has been reinvigorated because on our very air on first take, Shannon Sharp, who I love so much, Broncos fan for life, love Shannon Sharp, you're my guy, weighed in and decided to share that he has come to a mea culpa when it comes to how he always viewed Tom Brady. Listen. But I think I owe Brady an apology because I don't think I gave him enough credit or I should have given him even more credit because what Brady allowed Coach Belichick to do, Brady is the largest eraser in pro sports. What took him so long? So you're on team, and I know you man crush fangirl drool over Tom Brady. You're on team Tom Brady was the key ingredient to the success, not Bill Belichick. It was never more evident than in 2020. And I know a lot of people, listen, over 20 years of a body of, of work between the two, there are arguments for both sides. 2008, Brady goes down. Matt Castle leads the Patriots to 11 and five. Yes, they missed the playoffs that year, but oh yeah, see, Bill Belichick can get it done with any quarterback. Tom Brady goes down game one of the season against the Chiefs. 
and it's Matt Castle who steps in to lead a Patriots team to 11 and 5. Nothing more indicative, though, after we get the entire body of work that Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, a team that he signed with, of course, after leaving New England, a team that finished 7 and 9 the year prior with the same everybody. Everybody except was the quarterback. Same. Yes, except the quarterback mm -hmm. and wins a Super Bowl. Since then, New England has not won a playoff game. What I, I don't I just, I, what more evidence do we need? I don't think we need to make a rocket science. I don't think we need to present this as an argument at all. I think this is the stupidest argument of all time. Because you're rocking with Brady. No, no, Whoa. it's not. No, I think it's stupid because these things are not comparable. Like, I think it's stupid to compare MJ to LeBron because they never had a chance to play against each other in that way. And and eras are different, and we all understand that. But at least they both were players. How do you compare a coach? and a, That's like saying, which one was it? Was it Richard Petty or was it Carr? It was his car. It was both. It was the talented Richard Petty that allowed himself to take advantage of an incredible car. But at the end of the day, he still had the best car at the track every single time. These are not comparable things. Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick in the same way that Bill Belichick needed someone that adopted to winning the same way that he did. They both just had this innate desire to win and do whatever it takes to win. And I think that the combination of those two things together is why we saw such an incredibly successful run. I have no idea if Tom Brady would have won another five more championships in Tampa Bay if he had had more time on his side. I don't need to know because he spent 20 fruitful years in New England and it was the best duo that we ever saw all time the most successful coaching quarterback duo ever and if you are to believe that that's because they worked in tandem like Tom Brady has said I think that makes more sense than trying to say was it Bill or was it Tom you, you can't ever have an answer definitively in those things because they inform the other sure there's no there's Tom Brady went to a Bucks team that was loaded they were loaded loaded with after he got talent. there the only thing they needed was a quarterback he had bruce arians who is like an offensive mastermind we like to throw him the situation worked out really really well and it was fun and knee-jerk in the moment to go see it's tommy but these are just not things that you can compare i think the argument in and of itself is stupid there's no validity you can't compare who's more important the coach or the player i mean on its face value, of course the player is the most important part. They have to go out there and actually the do it. But to say like Tom somehow won because Bill is wallowing it, this is what happens after you lose a generational talent. Good God, Lord knows we know. We lost John Elway. It was a long time before we hand-plucked another one and Peyton Manning to come, and it's been a long time since. This is what happens. They are rebuilding. We wanted to believe because Bill Belichick's a genius, because of a five-game sample size with Matt Castle, because of a handful of games with Jimmy Garoppolo, that somehow Bill Belichick was going to be able to make sugar out this roster and to Shannon Sharp's point yes Tom Brady was the great deodorant over what were at times stinky receiving cores stinky running back cores stinky defenses mostly their defenses were good but this is just an invalid argument and I'm tired of having it and I'm not defending Bill Belichick here but that's not how this works you guys there's a vehicle and then there's like a conduit 
Like there's a conduit to being successful and they both were the conduit to each other. I don't know what to do with my hands here because first of all, L, you said you're tired of having tirade. you're tired of having the conversation. You brought it up. I was perfectly okay with talking about baseball <laughs> or talking about other stuff, but you're the one who brought it up. Secondly, you could see poor Gary's face. Like his eyebrows are just like the whole time. Like, secondly, somebody in the comments was like, look at this dude's eyebrows. I was like, what, what's wrong with my eyebrows? Sorry, I'm expressive. Um, secondly, That's a no Botox face, secondly, baby. I know. I know. Okay, secondly, um, great NASCAR pull there. Okay. Just to the. Going, going but, Richard but I Petty. Think, but I think I that's it, important totally though, Gary. I think those are the, that's like, that's the comparison. It's not like comparing Richard Petty versus no, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And modern days is Max Verstappen and Red Bull by far and away the best car. So I, I totally exactly. get Exactly. It's However, the combination of but, both. You do F1. But, I, but I'm, but I'm, I'm listening in between the lines here. And I know of course you can't say who is better. They, they play completely different roles. Who needed more? Who was the question I'm getting to? And Belichick needed Brady more. Belichick's the GM. He constructs the team. If it's a bad team, it's on Belichick. Brady helped correct that. And you were saying, the Broncos example, no, nobody came in there to win meaningful games until Peyton Manning, hand-plucked by John Elway to come in here, save the franchise. It wasn't a coach who was hand-plucked. It wasn't a position player. It was Peyton Manning, take you from this situation, plop you in here. The player's more important. I think... The Brady Belichick, okay, that could be a tired argument, but across the board, the player is more important than the coaching in these scenarios, quarterback scenarios. Yes. Because you can get a fantastic player to go to a situation. Randy Moss, before he went to the Patriots with the Raiders, but in this specific argument that you don't want to have, even though you brought it up, Brady. I would agree with you that yes, that yes, like relatively speaking, the player, of course, is the most important component. But what I mean specifically in these two, with this duo, mm -hmm. with this specific debate, a partnership that was the most fruitful partnership of all time. It's one awesome. that like probably will never be marveled ever again. Ever. Maybe Patrick Mahomes oh, it, with Andy Reid, right? They're doing commercials. And then together. are we gonna be doing are we gonna be asking the same exact question? And I think it's because of this sort of the last few years with Tom Brady in New England, it was very apparent that it was starting to become a rift in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like, is this Bill's team or is this Tom Brady's team? And I don't know where that came from. I mean, Seth Wickersham has an amazing book that really talks about sort of the fall of the dynasty and the dynamic of the relationships. But I just think that, like, this is not, if you're asking what led to six championships and the most dominant run, 20-year run we've ever seen in all of sports, both of them. That's what led to it. Both of them in conjunction with it. Either one of them, I think, could have won on their own. I don't think either one of them wins six without each other. They both fed each other. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now we're still having this debate because at this time, when we talked about this segment, it was earlier in the season. The Patriots weren't as calamitous even as they are now. There weren't the reports that Bill is leaving. Uh, and you still stand by the fact that it is, it's Brady all the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Put it on, put it on the head. I want to get cremated, but put it on the headstone. I okay. Believe headstone. Me too. I'm a big cremation person. I think so. Because like, you know, sprinkle, me, sprinkle a little of me over there. Sprinkle a little bit of me over there. Sprinkle yeah. a little bit of me over there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're, want, you're basically salt baying your ashes, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like but, I don't want, I don't want an eternal resting place. I kind of yeah. want like multiple. Yeah. I want to be opposed to like sprinkling me a little bit in the ESPN yeah. parking lot. You know, when yeah. my time is there and gone. You know what I'm saying? Let me haunt the grounds for a little bit. Yeah. Well, speaking of cremations and eternal resting places. There was a portion of the college football season where it was being treated as though Jim Harbaugh's suspension was actually, um, you know, a death of some kind. Like yes. we were oh memorializing him because, of course, the biggest storyline all season long in college football before, of course, the FSU snub heard around the world was this Michigan team accused yes. and then we can't say convicted. They weren't in court, but like accused and confirmed having cheated. They cheated. They stole signs. They used this guy named Connor Stallions. It was a whole mess. They were suspending Jim Harbaugh for it. And his team decided to use this as a galvanizing rally cry. Like, you're going to suspend our guy the last four games of the season? Well, we're bet. We're, it's us against the world. And, we're, 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 we're. and I just, I had just had it. And this was yeah. our conversation about it. I need the court of public opinion here. I need our 
listeners and watchers. I need the audience members involved. Because I feel like in the sports world, there are a few terms that we overuse like hell. Game of the century, game of the year, goat, top five, right? Like we're always trying, like all that. Here's another one. You ready? Mm -hmm. America's team. Oh, yeah. America's team has specifically been defined by the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. I believe. I'm sure someone out there can give me some deep retrospect on the actual origins of America's team. But as far as I've been alive, 40 years, America's team is almost directly reflective of the Dallas Cowboys. That's their moniker. That's their thing. But since then, people have co-opted it for many things, right? If you like a player or they have a great storyline, suddenly they become America's team. I said it on this podcast a few weeks ago. Is Detroit America's team? I mean, the answer is no. But Jim Harbaugh has decided that Michigan's going to enter the chat. Because, of course, he gets suspended. We talked about this. His team still boat races Penn State. And he decided afterwards to self-proclaim, self-dub his team as America's team. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that, that uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and you know, critics, so-called experts think. We're America's team. That's what he says, which is a little bit antithetical to what they've been preaching, which is that it's Michigan versus everybody, right? We talked about this chip on the shoulder. We've been slighted. This is galvanizing. No one wants us to win. We're a bunch of cheaters. And so we're going to use that. It's going to fuel us for the rest of this run. Michigan versus everybody. You can understand that those the polarity of those two things don't make sense. Yes. And someone called out interim coach Sharon Moore, who's filling in for Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. on that very subject by saying, how on God's earth can you be America's team and also Michigan versus everybody? And this is what he said. Everybody that's against us is on the other side. Um, so if, you're, if America's with us, then let's go. You guys are with us. And uh, if not, then... Yeah, that was a total word salad of if you, 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 we are America's team. And if you're with us, if you're not, you're against us and you're, you can't have it both ways. Which one are you? Are you the chippy? No one wants us here. Are you the Raiders? Are you embracing being the villains or are you America's team? Cause you can't be both. Or L can you, when general Washington crossed the icy Delaware, Oh, God. Okay. To battle for the independence of this great nation. It was America versus everybody. And everybody at the time was the Redcoats. And they were on the other side. So am I bailing out Coach Moore and Coach Washington because I can draw a historical conclusion and historical fact that America's team is the team that helped gain America's independence. And that's not what Michigan is alluding to. Michigan is alluding to the enemy being on the other side. Nah, you know what? He's tripping. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. (laughs) I was going to say, because it wasn't America versus everybody. I mean, literally the French came and bailed us out. They helped us tremendously. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going to give the fighting Rudy Gobert's any more credit on this show (laughs) than they deserve. All right. We are not going to give the guy who got choked out all seven foot, however many inches of him, the stifle tower, 
and then him just be him just wilting under the pressure. But listen, this whole thing got me thinking about you stand in front of these people at a press conference and sometimes word salads come out, right? Like Dan Campbell's biting kneecaps. Nick Sirianni a couple of years ago was talking about how his team was like a flower or something and they needed fertilizer, which I don't know if anybody told him is dog. And I started thinking about not just the best press conferences or like the best speeches, of all time, but just like the most relatable ones, right? Because there's those galvanizing ones. There's like the ones where, you know, you play to win the game, like our guy Herm Edwards, you know, and there's there's all of these like really notorious ones, right? Yeah. But I thought about the ones that sort of related to me. Oh, here ones we go. like Joe Kim Noah talking about Cleveland. Do you regret anything that you said about Cleveland? Not at all. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool. I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. I'm just saying, I love when someone gets up there and they're like, just tell me that I'm wrong. That didn't have anything to do with the basketball. He didn't talk about X's and O's, Hmm. preparation, Hmm. their game plan. He just decided, I'm just going to tell you how I feel about Cleveland. And he incited the ire of a million Clevelanders. Anybody ever want to go to vacation in Cleveland? First of all, Cleveland is a wonderful American city. And yes, they've been hit with some hard economic times, part of the Rust Belt and whatnot. But Cleveland was once a, they still are, a thriving metro area. Okay. I like Cleveland. I love Cleveland. Cleveland rocks, some have said. Sure does. Sure. I love that speech. My favorite speech of all time, and it comes around one of my favorite sports speeches of all time, and it comes around every March Madness, is the BC kid talking uh. about what he's going to miss most after his BC Eagles got eliminated. And he sat there in tears, he was gaining his composure, recollecting himself after a heartbreaking loss, leans into the mic and says what he'll miss most is this. Going out to eat. It's so it's like so relatable, just like going out to eat, hitting the 99s. It's so funny, like the cheat codes that parents give each other. When I first had my first kid, I had a, a colleague at ESPN that was like, by the way, at the 99 on Wednesdays, kids eat free when the Red Sox wins. Yes. L, those gold fever wings, you get those for free, double cheat code. And then also they give you the, um, they give you the popcorn and then the, the crackers and then you get the pub cheese. And then you just go for the triple threat, which mm-hmm. is you scoop the cracker into the cheese and then dip it into the popcorn. Anybody, this is this is a regionally specific, um, regional specific hack. But if you go to the 99s, make sure you get the popcorn crackers and pub cheese, dip it, dip it into the popcorn. You'll thank me later. I'm not doing that. You know why I'm not doing that? Because I'm a man. I'm 40. Also a fantastic press conference. Oh my gosh. Mike Gundy for the win. And also you are 40. You, you slid that by. Yeah, you see how I did uh, you, that? You turn the making 40 into the new 20. Okay. Thank you okay. So much. Thank okay. you. Listen, if you want to look like me, all it takes is like great lighting and an hour of hair and makeup. Um <laughs> Mike Gundy notorious, if you don't know, he was defending one of his his players. You know, they were mm-hmm. losing and someone wrote about one of his players not playing well and he attacked that person. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a I'm not a kid. Write something about me. 
you know, pick student, on me. I'm a grown man. I'm 40. I can take it. Student <laughs> reporter at the time. Dude, Mike Gundy might have the greatest job of all time. Yeah. That dude has so much job security for the rest of his life, having played there, having been an OK State guy. He doesn't have to win. He just has to be crazy average, and he 100% has his job forever. Legit. I mean, the expectation there is like six, seven wins a year, maybe five, six wins a year. He can do that. He's been there for a million years. Like well, if he did that press conference now, he'd be like, I'm a man. I'm 60. I mean, I'm it's been that long. 56. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's 56. You know how I can tell this man also too, and coaching is such, coaching is such a high stress job, but I can tell this man has never stressed a day in his life. And you can tell this on men specifically. Um, his hairline is still yeah. incredible. His and we hairline, think that's all his, we think. Well, I don't think you can, I, I don't think you can get mullet restoration anywhere okay i don't think that people just do that that's that's all that's all natural and l i'm glad that you sort of clarified those points there as it related to which suspension last season yeah. um they were actually caping for harbaugh mm. not the one at the first part of the season where yeah. you know he effectively admitted his guilt as part of recruitment violations no no no. this was the other suspension that bookended the season where you know by all reasonable doubts they cheated. <laughs> they were stealing something. There's more like sanctions and things that are being revealed by the day. The yeah. truth is that's why they had to tuck their tail between their legs, pull all the lawsuits and move on. Um, and move on, they will, right? Like we won't know by the time we listen to this, the result of, of what will happen um, in the CFP playoff. They're in, they're the number one seed. And, mm -hmm. and they seem to have come out relatively unscathed from a, a big cheating scandal. Uh, the biggest scandal, of course, and the CFP committee maybe never will come out unscathed after what they decided to do in leaving out FSU. FSU, a perfect season. It's never happened before that a Power 5 school would get left out. And nonetheless, they are still crying about it even weeks later. It was the biggest story to end the year, and it was a huge talker on The L. Duncan Show. This was 100% the right decision. And a couple of weeks ago, I was aggrieved and bleeding. I thought it was unfair that a team could go 29 wins and potentially lose to their biggest rival in the SEC championship and be punished for it and not have a chance to go for three straight titles. I thought that was unfair. But what I thought was more unfair was the idea that FSU, who is a very different team without Jordan Travis, as evident by the last two weeks, was not a team that should be in the final four. And this brings up the same thing that we talk about every single year. And maybe it hasn't been exactly to this manner because this, of course, is a first. But it always brings up the, the question and the difference between deservedness yes. and best. Yes. And when you watched those championship games, and I watched every single one of them from Friday to Saturday, and I know you did too, Gary, and anybody that is into college football probably did. You cannot make an argument. I want you to put the 13-0 aside. I want you to put the idea that this has never happened to a Power 5 team before. Put all of those things aside. I want you to tell me, all these people at FSU that are so angry, of all of those games that you watched, tell me which of the teams that won is Florida State better than right now. Tell me which one. Which one right now is Florida State better than? You watch the Pac-12 championship. Do you think they're better than Washington? 
Not better than Oregon. Okay. <laughs> you watch the Big 12 championship. Do you think they're better than Texas right now? Texas would beat them by 20. You watch the points. Big 10 championship. <laughs> Do you think that they're better than Michigan right now? Yeah, no. And you watch the SEC championship right now. Do you think they're better than Alabama right now? Michigan don't even want Alabama right now, and they're the number one team in the CFP. Okay. <laughs> So let's just take the argument of FSU versus Alabama, okay? FSU's best wins this season, number 13 LSU and number 15 Louisville, who they just beat in the ACC championship with their third-string quarterback because, oh, yeah, the guy that spelled Jordan Travis, Tate Rodemaker, got hurt in their game against Florida last week. They put up 24 points against Florida, who is not a bowl team, okay? And, and he had 124 yards. It was his first start. He did exactly what was asked of him but okay he's concussed he sits out the acc championship it was putrid they beat number 15 louisville in the acc championship by scoring one touchdown those are their two best wins all right alabama beat number one georgia number 11 ole miss number 13 lsu and number 21 tennessee so alabama's third best win is florida state's first best win. Now, of course, Alabama has that loss. They have the loss to Texas, which happened in the second week of the season. Yes, at home, double digit. I get that. That's before Nick Saban would even name a starting quarterback. So I understand that you can't just act like conference championships aren't important, which is essentially what they just showed by eliminating FSU from the CFP. But it also is important to look at some predictive measure of what's going to be the most competitive matchup. Because guys, that is why we took it out of the hands of the robots. If it was only about strength of schedule, strength of record, by the way, Alabama, strength of record, number four, Florida State, number three, they're right behind them. And strength of schedule, Florida State number 55, Alabama number five. If it was only about those metrics and those numbers, then the computer would still be calling this shit. We mm -hmm. begged it to become about judgment too. And when you do that, when you put it in the hands of humans and you ask for their judgment and you ask for them to look at what their eyes are telling them, then sometimes the unfair thing happens. And I'm shocked that it happened because this committee in Paul Feinbaum's words, always want to be the UN. They want to be liked. They want to do mm -hmm. the fair thing, not the right thing. This is the right thing because as angry as those FSU people are, what that committee did was see TCU last year and go, we put them in because it was the right thing to do. And while they did beat Michigan, 65 to 7 was your that's the right thing to do national championship. And without a quarterback, we have had two games to see what LSU, what FSU looks like. And no, thank you. I'm sorry. And yes, it is so not fair, but that's how it works. They were tasked with doing the impossible, which is making a very incredibly hard decision. And now you've got me here defending Alabama. And the thing that pisses me off, Gary, is that when people don't like this decision and you don't like what you have to say about it, it becomes some conspiracy theory here at the network. We're all pro SEC. We're all being told to carry the pail for, carry the water for the SEC. Total horseshit. I hate Alabama. 
I hate them. I feel like my team shouldn't have been protected. But you want to know something? This is poetic justice. Because do you know who stood in the way of CFP expansion happening this year? The ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips. The same one that is now saying these things are unfathomable. Him. He didn't want expansion to happen this year because he said they needed more time. And his team would have benefited from expansion this year. This is what expansion is going to do. It's not watering down the game. It's not just a money grab. It's going to protect teams like Georgia and FSU from situations like this. But at the end of the day, the committee did the right thing. And I am so sorry, Florida State, if that pisses you off. Hey, L. never happened before. And guess what? Never going to happen again because that playoff team is expanding threefold. All right, we're getting 12 of them next year. And the most important sentence in the clause, in the disclosures, in the way that they constructed that tournament, that final four, that Mm -hmm. CFP, was any major adjustment to personnel on the team that would affect the standing of that team. And I would say having a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback be done for the season checks every single one of those boxes cry about it in tallahassee yeah cry me a river i'm sorry i know it sucks it's not fair it might not be right or any of those things but like it had to be done it had to be mm-hmm. done and i don't think anybody in the nation that isn't a Seminole fan is upset about these matchups that we've got uh, on new year's day all right we're like how many minutes into this podcast on christmas and we haven't even done anything to represent the season and maybe we never would have but then Draymond Green gave us the perfect opportunity to yes. dust off these pipes again and get creative this holiday season. So, of course, this Christmas album is going to have a little bit of a Draymond theme because the dude likes to scrap. Are we ready? Pop, pop. Yep, I'm, gonna I'm ready. It. I'm going to sing it, too. Yes. Oh, come all ye fighters, angry and disruptful. Oh, come all ye fighters to Golden State. Well, I can't sing mine because you had a record deal and I didn't. So y'all will know these holiday hits. Um, Deck your balls with mm-mm-mm-mm. Fa-la-la-la-la-la, kick your dick. Okay. I think we're gonna have to bleep that out. I actually, I actually, I have a remix of that one. Oh, okay. okay. Deck the halls with bows of fury. Fa la 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 la. Spicy like a Thai red curry. Fa la 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 la. Hey. I love curry. That's good. That's good. My personal favorite Christmas song comes by way of NSYNC with a Draymond remix. Okay. And this is just the title of the song. I'm not going to sing you a hook, but Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Happy Holiday. Happy Holiday. Happy Holiday. There you go. That's that's the one. That's the one in sync. What's your side note? What is your favorite Christmas song? Uh, favorite Christmas song is maybe Hey, Last Christmas. Or um, This Christmas by Donny Hathaway, because I'm basic. You? See, the last Christmas or this Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas by NSYNC. Close second, Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Okay. Oh, Segway, Draymond Green, Missile Elbow. Oh, okay. <laughs> How about this? On the 12 days suspended, my true love gave to me <laughs> free yeah. therapy. 
really good because I hear therapy is expensive. It so is. Free ninety nine. Damn, that's a good price, L. Tell you. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me see. Ah. Uh. -uh. Feliz Navi dead. Feliz Navi dead. <laughs> Just straight to the point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then the Just song's straight to over. the point with Draymond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Nurkic, the red nose center. Oh, that's good. Had a very shiny nose. That's after poor old Draymond decided to throw some bows. Like a fighter. <laughs> 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 like McGregor. <laughs> I, I, I don't know any other UFC fighters. Actually, yes, I do, but none that rhyme with that jingle. Okay. Um. Uh -huh. Grandma got ran over, and Draymond was behind the wheel. All right, that doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme, Elle. You're the musically gifted one, okay? You have to sing the era. beginning and then just, you know, Grandma got Okay, what about this? Over? What about this? What about this? Uh-huh. All I want for Christmas is to knock out your two front teeth. Oh, that's good. Your two front okay. teeth. Yeah, okay, yeah, your two. Yeah, 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 well done. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Silent fight, lost my shit, why? All was calm, all was fine. In your version, you didn't try. But we saw the tapes, you're a goddamn lie. <laughs> Yo, you wrote whole verses, Correct. fool. Correct. <laughs> I just reimagined song titles. Yeah. So are we, is this uh, the first time that we're acknowledging that I go the extra mile and you don't? <laughs> well, L, uh, I just know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. <laughs> I'm a headline writer. Okay. You are a story. I'm a headline writer. Mm -hmm. You're a story. You're a body writer. Okay. I'm a headline writer. Gotcha. So you and do, together, you like, name the song. Back. I write the chorus and the verse. Boom. And the thing is, we would still get Boom. the same amount of writing credit, and that sucks. And let this serve as a reminder to all record execs that might be listening that, yes, L. Duncan had a record deal in a former life, yeah, but she has not yet closed the door on signing another. She is available. She is ready. She is willing. Just don't ask her to dance. Right. Don't. And also, she she's will run out of, She will run out of breath. She's not doing any of those things because she is currently writing songs with someone who said, fa la la, kick your dick. So no, I don't think that I'm anywhere near. Still, By the way, I'm so mad. Shocked they didn't I, bleep that I kept out. Singing, I kept singing that after that for like. Fa la la la. I mean, it's got, a, it's got a nice ring to it. Sure, it does. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, you know what has a nice ring to it too? Being what? right. I love oh, being right. Unfortunately, I'm wrong a lot. And um, but I was really right about one thing, sadly. I hated being right about this. Oh, okay. What's that? Well, when I knew, when I looked into my crystal ball, when I missed Cleo this <laughs> and I knew that one mother superstar caping for my team was gonna cost us. Oh. Everything. Oh, I done. no. I joked. Mm. I'm like 38 hot. I joked last week on taking the L on Sports Center that like, oh, okay, my Braves suck, but at least like I got my Georgia Bulldogs, and we haven't lost in two years, and we're streaking for another national championship. And I joked because I showed. <laughs>
picture of Drake wearing a damn Georgia polo. Like, oh no, we're f I literally said that. And we came back in here because I just got the alert that Brock Bowers, baby Gronk, the best tight end in, in sports, or at least in college football. Best weapon. Our in only sports. weapon. Best weapon. Hurt his ankle against Vanderbilt and is out for the season because he has to have ankle surgery. That sucks. I'm like, listen, I love Drake. I love him as an artist. I have said time and time again that if I had to pick one person and I'm on a deserted island, I choose his discography because it's just so vast. But with all due respect to Drake, leave us the alone. Why do you keep doing this to us sports teams and to our fan bases? Drake, stop it. Drake, you got to start shopping at The Gap, dude. Nothing with a logo. Nothing Please. with a mascot. Nothing with words, bro. Banana Just wear Republic, white tees. Kirkland Signature, bro. They sell them in a six-pack, dude. Like, please stop Please, this. Drake, we didn't do anything to you. I don't even know why you had that polo. Lululemon, bro. Why? Logo-less, bro. Stop it's tagless. breaking us. So there it is. I accurately predicted that Drake was going to curse Georgia, and what happens? They go to the SEC Championship. They lose to Alabama again. Alabama again. Their first... Loss in two years, they're out of the CFP. They don't get a chance to repeat or to three-peat, and it's all over, and Drake did it. You, Gary, were right about something completely different, um, and because you were right about this one particular thing, you don't have people still in your mentions every day telling you to shut the up and instead of kick it, eat one. Jesus. Yeah, you should see my mentions. I don't think I want to, but I would actually think that'd be quite funny. Just run the tape. Just run the tape that Gary was right okay. about. I, this is not real. And let me tell you how I know it's not real. It just, it's a rumor that appeared out of nowhere. Well, it did. It appeared out of nowhere. It's not like we saw a picture. It's not like there was even a, people saw them eating. This is literally one of those rumors that just, out of nowhere, you just started seeing on your algorithm. Mm -hmm. Is Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift? Total fabricated, made up bullshit. Oh, you say that, but I think that there are context clues that have presented themselves over the past couple what? of weeks that lend themselves to a touch of credence. What? A couple of anonymous friends <laughs> saying My that point. the two have hung out. Who? That texts have been exchanged, okay. breaking news as of today. Travis Kelsey was on the Pat McAfee show, and at least we know this. At the very least, he has her number, and he has sent tweets talking about, hey, I've seen you rock okay, the stage let, at Arrowhead. Let's, let's listen to this, this sound from Pat McAfee. Maybe uh, I've seen you rock the stage in Arrowhead. You might have to come see me rock the stage in confirmed. Arrowhead. Confirmed. He's not kiss and tell. He just confirmed what exactly what I said. He doesn't know that woman. That's like Joel Embiid <laughs> saying he was dating Rihanna because he used to tweet at her. That's not true. It's not real. That's not a real thing. He just confirmed it in your face. Him and his brother, they're all in on it. We've reached the part of the NFL season, folks, where these rumors are coming up. I just like the sentence constructed as he doesn't know that woman. He doesn't As if know it's just her. two pedestrians. He doesn't know her. Yeah, but they're not. And let me tell you why. Because in our world, yes. you know, we're just regular laymen. We're just Rex, uh -huh. okay? In the celebrity world, in sure. the Hollywood world, they couldn't be farther apart. Travis whoa, Kelsey. Whoa. Listen. Okay, my bad. 
Travis Kelsey is an A-lister in the sports world. Thank you. True or false? True. Right. True. Okay. Yeah. True or false? True. True. I said it. I'll say it again. Taylor Swift is an A-lister in the world. She's she's. It is her moment. She is the biggest name in the world. Correct. Taylor Swift is not kicking it at Chiefs Kingdom, hanging out with Travis Kelsey. I don't believe it. See, and I do. I don't believe it. I do. I think. Uh, and the and the reason it's catching so much fire is because it is so nonsensical. I don't think if it's you had heard a rumor that Tom Brady and Taylor Swift were even dating, you might go, okay, like well, I could see that, and that it's Travis Kelsey specifically. I don't think it's nonsensical at all. It's one hundred percent false. They're both A-listers and having their moment at the top of their games currently. L, and I'm going to be honest with you. You're saying that there's no shot that this happens, no. and that you know it's part of Taylor Swift's makeup to go through breakups. There's a real life, living, breathing example of. The pot of gold on the end of that rainbow. What are you talking about? Adele and Rich Paul. Okay. Come on. It's fair. Come on. When's the last time Elle came, or Adele came out with a banger? She hasn't ever since she found herself in a nice relationship. Matter of fact, she's had to be like, yo, I got to just play the hits. I need to sign a residency. Yeah. Well, because she's not sad girl anymore. And sad girl music... Maybe Taylor a- Swift doesn't want to be a sad girl anymore. Maybe she wants to be a happy girl and tickle Travis Kelsey's little mustache and okay. say, oh my gosh, I should have dated a man with some, some facial hair. In my past. Is that? That tickles. That's what you think of when you think of Travis Kelsey? Facial <laughs> I mean, hair? How do you not? It's just a mustache. It doesn't look right. But listen, we need somebody on this show that has to have a sense of trepidation, that has to question everything. Because mm-hmm. you know me, I'm going to dive head first into every story. If it's on the internet, I'll likely yeah, believe you're it. You're gullible. But I need, I need Mother Hen, L. Duncan, to say, hey, Gary, let's... Let's assess all facts and figures. We did. I was still adamant about my position. You took a bit more cautious approach. And listen, that's fine. Sometimes I'm going to be right. Sometimes you're going to be right. I'm glad that the Swifties aren't in my mention. Let's just say that. Yeah, Yeah, they're big mad at me. I love Taylor Swift, though, and I love them as a couple. Um, I will say this, though, to the Swifties that are still in my mentions. You can't. You can't really react in real time, though, to something that was posted three and a half months ago. Like, they're reacting to it in real time. Like, I posted it. But they don't react to the video where I said, oh, I was wrong. I believe them. They don't react to that one. They just like, keep reacting. Go to work, guys. Go to work, y'all. Yeah, go you do something. Stop. Yeah. Can you, can you go? Um, I just noticed, by the way, great use of the word trepidation. It Thank reminds you. me of Thank you. a segment that many people are dubbing a fan favorite. Um, our friend Mina Kime said this is the funniest thing that we have done on the show which is a little worrisome because it was like from the very first show. So um, that doesn't feel great in some regards, but I love this because this is where we learned that Gary has a lot in common with a character from a movie that I grew up watching as F. I also think these are the same people peddling the same garbage that Odell Beckham Jr. is dating Kim Kardashian. It's, I don't believe any of this. You don't have any credence this in that either? This is the same. Come on. Th- this is literally, why do you keep saying credence? Where, did you, did you learn a big new CCR word fan. this week? A big CCR fan. I'm going to, I'm going to say Clearwater once we get to that point. <laughs> I'm fascinated. You've literally snuck in the word. Three times. I haven't heard three anybody times. say credence in years and then you snuck it in, in three times three in a times. three minute conversation. I'm one of those guys that kind of latches on to a word that I'm like, this is a fun new word that's going to make me sound smart. And I just use, ah. I just abuse the hell out of it for the next two weeks on every platform that I'm on, whether it's this, Sports Center, Snapchat, or Sports Center, AM, and then I just retire it. 
okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when Cher used to teach Ty the word of the day in the movie Clueless. Yes. She didn't think that she was that smart, so she'd be like, use it in a sentence. Exactly. Thank you. And then it gave her some credence. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then... And then it gave her some credence, and that conversation, um, you know, kind of blossomed from there. So, thank you. Thank you for hammering home the point, Elle. Gary, are you still learning words, Gary? Update the people before we go. I am. Yep, I am. I think that uh, based off of your compliment of my use of trepidation, I can now confidently use that going forward. Okay, credence is in the holster, ready to fire out at a moment's notice all right credence boom the top of it um listen l every day is an adventure with me i'm learning new words i'm putting them into use it's crazy i love i'm like a full adult 36 yep that's right so then you would say then you're a logophile yeah i would say that or would i say it l what i would say it should i say it or, or would i what it's a person who loves words gary of course then of course yeah. i'm i was asking you the question yeah. i was making sure that you knew the proper context of yeah. the there you word, go, gary. a logophile so yeah so i love that for you um thank you l well i hope you have a wonderful holiday in the woods i hope you're spending it with your loved ones that's right and as I said on the last show, I hope nothing more than for a fantastic Monday night football game that's everything that it promised to be. It's going to be. And if not, um, I kept receipts. L, how could you do that to me on this day, this day of giving? And now you're just taking away from me. I'll see you Thursday. Bye. <laughs> Later.